0: Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this time to Bible Crossfire. 2 John verse 9 says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ he hath both the Father and the Son. So if we don't abide in the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, we don't have God, you can't be saved without God. The only way we're going to be saved is through the grace and mercy of God. So we have to abide in the teaching of Christ, which would be the New Testament, in order to be saved. Many are not abiding in the teaching of Christ. Many who are religious think that it doesn't really matter as long as you believe in Jesus and uh, that it it's okay to to believe and teach and practice th- things that are contrary to the doctrine of Christ. But of course, this says if you do that, you don't have God. You're not going to be saved. While... A perfect example of this, I think, an extreme example to many of our listeners, would be the Mormon Church. For example, the Mormon Church teaches things like this. Here's a quote from their book, Journal of Discourses. This is not an enemy of the Mormon Church. This is the Mormon Church itself. They say, God was once a man who progressed to become one of many gods. Of course, that kind of goes along with what they say in the Doctrine and Covenants. one thirty, verse 22, they say, The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. In contrast to that, the Bible says, John 4.24, God is a spirit. And in Luke 24.39, a spirit hath not flesh and bones. And so God does not have flesh and bones. He's not a man, never has been a man. This is what is called the Adam-God doctrine by the Mormon church. That actually Adam, as in Adam and Eve in Genesis 1-3, through Adam became God. That our God used to be Adam. He progressed from being a man to be our God. To become one of many gods according to the Mormon church. But Isaiah 44 verse 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. So they say God was once a man who progressed to become one of many gods, but the Bible says there's only one God. And then they say, and this is by a book by Bruce R. McConkie, the book Mormon Doctrine. He was one of the, quote, Mormon apostles back in the 1950s, I believe. He said, God the Father is now on the planet Kolob with his wives having spiritual children. That seems almost absurd, doesn't it? What well, it does? It's not almost absurd; it is absurd. Of course, Matthew six verse nine says, "Our Father which art in heaven." He's not on some, off on some planet, kolob, having spiritual children. Our Father is in heaven, and He's not a physical man, as such, that would have relations with a woman, with a woman, and have children, as as the Mormon Church teaches. So they believe that God, our God, was once a man, progressed to become one of many gods. Now he's off with wives on this planet Kolob having children. And not only that, they believe, the Mormon church, every man that follows Mormon gospel, and I'm quoting, will become gods with a planet of their own to populate. That's from their Articles of Faith by James Talmage. Do you get that? Every man that follows Mormon gospel will come become gods with a planet of their own to populate. But we... Read in Revelation 21 that when we get to heaven, we're not going to be a god over our own planet. It says God himself shall be there, talking about men, their god. So when we get to heaven, God, the only god, will still be our god. Not that we'll become gods with a planet of our own to populate. So the Mormon church is way off from the truth, way off from the Bible, and that's saying the same thing. The Bible defines for us what truth is. John seventeen seventeen, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. A lot of people think, well, you can get truth from different places, even religious truth. Jesus said, no, God's word defines for us what truth is, and since the Mormon church is teaching things different than God's word, the Bible, then they're way off from the truth. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call. The lines are wide open. 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment. You know, there are a number of places where the Mormon doctrine contradicts itself or the Bible. For example, in one of their books, I believe it's pronounced Helaman, chapter 14, verse 20 and 27, it reads this way. This is a Mormon book. It says, There shall be no light upon the face of this land, even from the time that he shall suffer death, to the time that he shall rise again from the dead. Darkness should cover the face of the whole earth for the space of three days. So this is a passage in the Book of Mormon says that the darkness uh, that was associated with the death of Jesus was to last three days, from his death till his resurrection. But here's what the Bible says in Matthew twenty-seven forty-five. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. So according to that, according to the Bible, the darkness lasted three hours. Now Joseph Smith, of course, not God, is the originator of the Book of Mormon. We all know that. And he evidently got it mixed up about what the Bible taught. He remembered the, the the number three right. It says there were, the Bible was there was darkness over the earth for three hours, he, and he got it mixed up with days and said, "Well, there was darkness for three days." But the Book of Mormon and the Bible both can't be right. Both of them can't be from God. The Book of Mormon says the darkness surrounding Jesus' death was going to last three days. The Bible says three hours. So if the Bible's right and the Mormons claim the Bible is true, if the Bible's right, then the Book of Mormon can't be true. It can't be from God. Because if there was darkness over the earth for three hours, like the Bible says, and the Mormons admit that's true because it's in the Bible, that's God's Word, then when the Mormon book, the Book of Mormon, says it lasted for three days, that's false, and it proves the Book of Mormon is false. Therefore, it proves it wasn't written by God. Because if it was written by God, it wouldn't teach things that are false. We have other things like that, too. For example, in the Doctrine and Covenants, another book the Mormons think is inspired, Chapter 42, verse 18 says, He that kills shall not have forgiveness in this world nor in the world to come. The Mormons teach that murder is the unpardonable sin, but Matthew, 20, Matthew 12, 31 and 32, Jesus puts it this way. All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So, the unpardonable sin is not murder. A murderer can be forgiven if he's willing to repent and get forgiveness from God. The blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only sin that can't be forgiven. Even if a man repents of that, he won't be forgiven, according to Jesus in Matthew 12, 31 and 32. But the Mormon scriptures, the Doctrine and Covenants, which is supposedly inspired by God, according to the Mormons, says murder is the unpardonable sin. But the Bible teaches that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only unpardonable sin. So... That, again, that would show the Doctrine and Covenants book is not inspired of God because it's contradicting what the Bible says, and we know the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, if the Doctrine and Covenants here says something else is the unpardonable sin, it's wrong, and it couldn't be from God. Again, if you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. Another thing, in the Book of Mormon, in the Book of Alma, chapter 46, verse 15, reads this way, or Christians, as they were called, because of their belief in Christ, who should come. And according to the Mormons, this was written in 73, or is it talking about what happened in 73 B.C. But Acts 11, in the Bible, verse 26, says the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So the Book of Mormon says people were called Christians because they were going to believe in Christ who is to come in 73 B.C., but the Bible says disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So who's right, the Bible or the Book of Alma in the Book of Mormon? Well, the Bible's right. That's from God, and this shows that the Book of Mormon, what the Mormons call in additional scriptures, they're false. It contradicts the Bible. It can't be from God. Do you know the Mormons use bread and water for the Lord's Supper, not bread and fruit of the vine? Matthew twenty-six verse twenty-nine and some other passages tell us. On the Lord's Supper of the Communion, we should use fruit of the vine, grape juice. But the Mormons use bread and water. I guess they think they can do anything they want to since they don't have to follow the Bible. A lot of churches seem to be like that. They don't seem to think they have to follow the Bible. They can do anything they want to. And then in the Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 28, verses 6 and 10, it says, And thou shalt not command him who is at the head of the church, my servant Joseph. So, the Doctrine and Covenants, another Mormon book they claim is inspired of God's scripture, says Joseph, they're talking about Joseph Smith, the young man who started the Mormon church, that he's the head of the church. But we all should know that Joseph Smith's not the head of the church. Ephesians 5.23 says Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. So, we've given you six or eight places where the Book of Mormon or the Doctrine and Covenants contradict itself contradict the Bible, it can't be from God. It's just a man-made book. Just It's just m- a bunch of myths, a bunch of fantasy. It's not anything from God. Don't even have to take it serious, really. Yes, Ohia from Texas. I'm not sure I pronounced your name right, but go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Yeah, it's Ohia, but that's okay. Anyhow, my question is, I've always, I've heard that of, of, or I know better yet that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the only sin that cannot be forgiven like even if somebody repents and so what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit like what is that Like,
0: well if I'm you not... read the context of Matthew 12 31 and 32 where Jesus talks about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and says it's the only sin that can't be forgiven what you'll see uh-huh. is that here's it, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is when A miracle occurs through the power of the Holy Spirit, and a person believes that miracle really did occur, but not through the power of the Holy Spirit, but they believe and say that it happened through the power of the devil. So, for example, today, if we were to see a miracle in the Bible, and we admit and agree that miracle occurred, and all the miracles in the Bible, of course, were by the power of the Holy Spirit. We admit and agree right. that miracle in the Bible occurred, but we say it really happened, but it was done by the power of Beelzebub, the devil. Then okay. we would commit the yes, blasphemy yes, yes. against I the Holy Spirit, and we couldn't be forgiven of that. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So it's like okay, I was I was I grew up Catholic, and now I'm just a Bible believing Christian. And so anyhow, the like my mom and them believe in like the saints and all that. and They believe that the, the virgin of the Guadalupe or whatever, that she does miracles and stuff like that. And so, is that kind of like the same thing as well?
0: No. You'd have to... Those are false miracles. Today, to commit this sin, you would have to look at a miracle that actually occurred in the Bible, a true miracle. One of the miracles that Jesus did, or one of the miracles that Paul or Peter did in the book of Acts, and say, I really believe that miracle occurred, but it occurred... Because the power oh, okay. of the devil. That's, the I think, the okay. only way you could commit this sin today. Okay? Because those are the only okay. times, only real mur- miracles that occurred is the one we read about in the Bible. That's we right. appreciate okay. your call.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Yeah. If you have a Bible question or comment, please call us at 877-655-6755. 877 877-655- 655 6755 if you have a Bible question or comment. Now, we've been talking about the Mormons. We've been talking about some absurdities like they say God was once a man who progressed to become one of many gods. He's now on the planet Kolob having spiritual children. And any man who follows Mormon gospel faithfully can become a god of his own to have his own planet to populate in the afterlife. And we've talked about a number of places where the Book of Mormon or the Doctrine and Covenants contradicts the Bible and we've shown conclusively that the Mormon church and its documents, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, can't be from God because they contradict directly com- contradict the Bible, which is from God. We, we should learn a lesson from this. The Mormon church is a false church. But why are they a false church? They're a false church because they believe and teach and practice false doctrines. It's that simple. And everybody can see that. Almost all of my listeners tonight can see they're a false church because they believe and teach and practice false doctrine. Well, let's talk about some other churches that believe and teach and practice some false doctrines. And when we see they do that, we'll also be able to conclude by the same reasoning, by the same logic, that they're false churches. For example, the Methodist Church. Right there in their Cree book, they say, Justification... By faith only is the most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. That's a famous quote from the Methodist church. They teach, and a lot of other churches teach the same thing, that we're saved by faith only. Justification by faith only is the most wholesome doctrine and very full of comfort. That's the Methodist creed book. Compare that to James 2.24, which reads, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. So if the Mormon church is a false church because they believe, teach, and practice false doctrine, stuff that's different than the Bible, wouldn't the Methodist church be a false church by the same logic because they teach salvation is by faith only when James 2.24 says salvation is not by faith only? You see that? How about the issue of women preachers? The Pentecostal churches, for the most part, and and a lot of other churches too, matter of fact, most churches allow women to preach from the pulpit, women to preach in the church services. But 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. I can't think of a verse in the Bible that's any clearer on any subject then this verse is against women preachers. Three times it says it's wrong. Let your women keep silence in the churches. It's not permitted to them to speak. It's a shame for women to speak in the church. Yet, I'm told, stats say, about 75% of congregations across the United States and Canada, and I'm talking about congregations of all types, about 75% allow women to preach from the pulpit. Now, these churches are believing and teaching and practicing this concept of allowing women to preach from the pulpit in the church service, well, that's a false teaching according to this passage. So churches that allow that, wouldn't that be a false church? A church that's not actually following the doctrine of Christ? Remember that passage we read in 2 John 9, Who, whoever does not abide in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. So these churches that are allowing women preachers, They're standing for something that's false, contrary to God's Word. Wouldn't that make them, in that sense, like the Mormon church? Because the Mormon church is a false church, right? Because they believe and teach and practice things that are contrary to God's Word. So churches that are allowing women to preach from their pulpit, aren't they, by the same logic, a false church? Because they're believing and practicing and teaching something different than what the New Testament says? Do you see the parallel to the Mormon church? If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call, 877-655-6755. The number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 877-655-6755. And what about the Baptist church and other churches that teach that you don't have to be baptized to be saved when passages like Mark sixteen sixteen teach that you do? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. In Acts 2.38, Peter told some believers, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And so baptism is necessary to salvation. You have churches that teach you don't have to be baptized to be saved. They're not believing and teaching and practicing the truth. Aren't they kind of like the Mormon church that doesn't believe and teach and practice the truth? What's the real difference? Donna from Florida. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: I don't have a question. I just have a comment. Um, I don't agree with you about the pulpit. Uh, How do you explain when Paul had the women that were having the churches back in biblical times?
0: What about the churches in the biblical times?
1: There were women. There were no women preachers
0: in biblical, but there weren't any women preaching in the pulpit in the church service in biblical times. Well, they
1: didn't.
0: Matter of fact, huh? Go ahead. Matter of fact. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 and 12 says, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Now, women did teach in biblical times. They taught other ladies. They taught so children. So how do you explain
1: more. them being able to teach then if they well, weren't supposed to be able to teach over a man?
0: Because they didn't teach over a man and they didn't teach in the church. I mean, we take everything the Bible says and we know it's from God, so there's not going to be any contradiction. So we don't take... One passage and they just so, ignore the other.
1: So why did Jesus tell uh Mary Magdalene to uh go and tell what you've seen? She went and told the men.
0: Yeah, she's supposed to do that, but she didn't teach over the men and she didn't yeah, teach she, in the church. But she
1: told the men
0: though. So I mean isn't so that like sharing the well, gospel at,
1: though? Huh? But
0: isn't she isn't
1: that didn't like teach, sharing the gospel. Well First that Timothy was the two that Jesus has rose.
0: Right. And the women is supposed to do that, but she's not to teach over a man? And she, let me ask you, what do you think about First Corinthians 14 that says it's a shame for women to speak in the church? Do you believe that or do that you not it, believe in,
1: that? I think in the time that it was going on, there was another dynamic going on besides just what you're saying here mm-hmm. tonight. Because okay. in that time, they had men and women, and the women were being disruptive as far as asking questions out of turn or whatever. His way of dealing with it was, ask your husband when you get home. So, so are you then, basically telling me that women don't have a part in the
0: church? It's, well, I mean, what you talked about is something that's man-made, about they were disrupting and different things like that. What I quoted was actually a Bible what verse. What do you mean man-made? It. That's a man-made thing about saying they were disrupting and all that. That's not in the Bible. Now, But what oh, the Bible okay. does say, that it's a shame for women to speak in the church, and then it says in 1 Timothy two eleven and 12, the woman's not to teach nor use authority over the man. Now, those two verses so are pretty how? clear.
1: So, so, are the women supposed to go to church
0: then? Oh, yes, they're supposed to go to church. It says a woman is but not to st- speak. The woman is not to speak in the church. So, a woman, obviously, is encouraging her to go to church if it tells her not to speak in the church. Now, we're either going to have to accept what God says in 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 35, and 1 Timothy 2, 11, and 12, Or, if we don't, if we're going to practice this practice of women preachers in spite of what God says, then we're no different than the Mormon church in having water on the Lord's Supper, even though the Bible says fruit of the vine. The Bible says fruit of the vine, so we ought to have fruit of the vine. The Bible says women should not speak in the church, so we shouldn't allow women to speak in the church. If we're going to let women speak in the church, then we might as well have water on the Lord's Supper because we're not following the Bible. Jimmy from Oregon, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Yeah, my question was, you're talking about the different uh, religions, such as Mormon and Methodist, you know, and of course there's Baptist, Jehovah Witness. And so, as a believer, and I'm I'm just starting to study theology, I want to know, how does a person determine what is the right religion, as you want to call it? Me, personally, I just think it's Christianity, period. I don't think that we should be going towards a religion through any churches but you know, just directly with God and you know, and Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I want your opinion on how what religion is supposedly supposed to be right. In John eight verse thirty one, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the only church or religion that is really disciples. We have a lot of people that claim to be disciples, but the only one that's really a disciple is one who's continuing in Jesus' word, one who abides in the teaching of Christ. And somebody who's saying that you're saved by faith only or somebody who allows women preachers or somebody who teaches that you don't have to be baptized to be saved, they're not continuing in Jesus' truth, so the truth will not set them free from sin. What about a church like the Presbyterian church that says you can't fall from grace? When Galatians chapter five verse four says people trying to be justified by the Old Testament law, ye are falling from grace. So a lot of people teach you can't fall from grace. When the Bible says, here are some people that did fall from grace. Galatians five four. How are they any different than the Mormon Church? The Mormon Church teaches something different than the Bible. They stand for, believe, and teach and practice things different than the Bible. So if somebody teaches once saved always saved in Galatians five four teaches once saved, always saved is not true, they're really just like the Mormon church, aren't they? Or how about the Episcopal church that allows gay marriage? Of course, we can read in passages like Romans 1, 26 and 27 that homosexuality is wrong. It says, For this cause God gave them up into vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which is me. So both lesbians and gay men are condemned there. Now, to sum up, when you have the Mormon church and they believe and teach and practice things contrary to God's word, that means they're a false church. Why wouldn't the same thing be true about a church that says you're saved by faith only? Or a church that allows women to preach from the pulpit? In which contradicts First Corinthians 14, 34, and 35, and First Timothy 2, 11, and 12, or a church that teaches you don't have to be baptized to be saved, or a church that teaches you can't fall from grace, or a church that allows gay marriage. By the same token, token, since they're believing and teaching and not practicing what the Word of God says, they're not abiding in the teaching, and they don't have God. They can't be saved. If you would like a free one-hour phone Bible study with me, sometime at your convenience, call or text me at 256 Free one-hour phone Bible study. Call or text 256-682-9753.